0: super talk mississippi media production
1: find your new ride at Kia macomb's all new location at the corner of i-55 and highway 98 come find out why macomb loves Kia macomb at the corner of i-55 and highway 98 right on the corner right on the price
0: Well, hello there. My name is Michael Borky, and uh, I'm glad to see you guys on this Friday morning. And we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> Welcome in. Glad to see you guys on this Friday morning. We got a lot to talk about, including terrible fake accents on this Friday. <laughs> Oh boy, $100 million changes a man, doesn't it? Wow, I do declare that I am the football coach at LSU. My family is so excited to be here in the South. And I got chicory in my coffee. And I'm going to go down and have some boudin and, and have a muffaletta and go recruit some of the finest players in America. That makes me feel better about the Saints sucking last night, huh? Jeez, that was that was rough to watch. Glad to see you guys. My name is Michael Borky. We do have a lot to talk about this morning. Uh, gonna talk about the Saints, I guess. I'm, oh, I, I I guess, uh, and then also Brian Kelly's accent. I think I can play it for you. That's that's the hope, anyways. I think that I can play it for you. I think I've got it figured out how I can actually like send audio to you guys. It's not exactly scientific, but I think I got it. So we'll see if it actually works. And then uh, watchability rankings this weekend. So like which game I'm most excited about watching and the games that you should be most excited about watching this weekend. And then I'm going to pick them as well. And with that will come uh, college football playoff predictions. I think it's going to kind of go to chalk. I know I'm supposed to tease some like, oh, I've got a, got a super hot take on uh, on – Who's going to win and all that? No, I think it's going to kind of go to chalk this weekend. I'm just going to be honest with you on a Friday. I think everything's going to kind of work itself out. But we'll get to that here in a little bit. I do want to remind you guys that uh, if you're watching on Twitter, you can't comment like Memphis Rebel asking a question that I hate. I'm just kidding, Memphis Rebel. But uh, I'll get to the question here in a second. But if you want to be like Memphis Rebel, hop on over to YouTube or Facebook. Either one, find me there, Michael Borky on YouTube or Facebook. And uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the video if uh, if you like what you hear, and click the notification bell as well, so you know every time I go live. And wherever you get your podcast, my name or Mike in the morning should turn up results. And subscribe there, and leave a rating and a review if you feel like it. You don't have to, but if you feel like it, I would uh, I would love to have you. So Memphis Rebel getting us started today, though. How long will you give Sean Payton until you're ready for him to be fired or leave? Uh, 10 years. He's been dealt a really bad hand this year, uh, to be totally honest. His love for Taysom Hill is concerning. Although, I I mean, against the Bills, I was saying play Taysom because it literally cannot get worse. And apparently it can, as it turns out. Uh, but he was dealt a really bad hand. I mean, going into this season, Jameis Winston was supposed to be uh, the starting quarterback. And he was. And he actually performed well. What his, t- his touchdown to interception ratio was like 14 to 3. He was like second in the NFL in QBR. He was playing well. Last night, the Saints were without seven offensive starters, including quarterback, their high-level running back and Alvin Kamara, both offensive tackles, their best wide receiver hadn't played yet, couple more offensive linemen mixed in there, four offensive starters actually played for the Saints last night. So, no, I'm really going to give him a pass basically on this year, considering the injury situation and losing your quarterback. How many teams in the NFL can lose their quarterback and continue to play really well? Not many. And what's crazy is they're still kind of in the playoff hunt, despite this uh, this skid. Once they get Ramchek and Armstead back and Kamara back, things will get a little bit easier. But Taysom Hill's not the answer. He never was the answer, but he's definitely uh, not the answer. Uh, They're bad, though. To your point, they're bad. A lot of that has to do with the fact that they've gotten bitten by the injury bug more uh, more than any team in the league. Again, seven offensive starters were out last night. Seven of them. They played with four starters on offense, and it was the center, the right guard, and wide receiver two and three. That was who they were trying to beat the Cowboys with last night, and Taysom Hill at quarterback, which again... Go back to Trevor Simeon. Go go ahead and go back to Trevor Simeon. Uh, y- you learned, and now you know. Taysom Hill's not the guy. Good morning, Wayne. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Sid says, Saints are beginning to look like the team when Sonny Jergenson was quarterback. Uh, it, two things. Uh, do we have to talk about this? Do, do we have to? Uh, I guess we will. Uh but now we know maybe Sean Payton finally knows that Taysom Hill is not, and never will be an NFL quarterback. And the fact that the competition with Jameis went as long as it did, I think is is a little bit concerning to me that you couldn't see what everybody else knew already. Taysom Hill is older than Teddy Bridgewater at some point, like even with his insane athleticism and man, he's fun to watch when they used him correctly for a couple of drives last night, just letting him run the football. Uh, he is too inconsistent throwing the football. He's not consistent enough. Before he hurt his finger, he's, he's not consistent enough. He is not a polished passer. And at this point, at his age, in your 30s, you're never going to be. So, so drop the act. Let him be your Swiss Army knife. Play your real quarterback when he recovers from his ACL. And that's how you move forward. We know that this isn't going to work. You saw it last night. That was a game you could have won. That was a game you could have won if you didn't turn the football over four times. It was a game you could have won. Uh, that was awful. Jay, and here's what a, a lot of people are, and I understand why people are talking about, especially the the Old Miss Saints fan uh, tanking for Matt Corral. Um, It doesn't look like you're going to have to try to tank. It looks like it's going to happen anyway. But I think that we saw enough from Jameis that should give you confidence enough in him, even after recovering from an ACL tear, to go draft a wide receiver, which is a position you need more. Uh, You need more weapons. Uh, Who knows what you do with Mike Thomas? I think you should consider trading him for assets. Go get yourself a wide receiver because you need that more than quarterback. Jameis was good enough to win games. The Saints would not have lost this many games in a row if Jameis was healthy. Zero percent chance that happens. Zero, zero, zero percent chance that happens. He was good enough. 14-3 touchdown to touchdown interceptions, second league in QBR. That That's good enough. So you don't have to tank for a quarterback. You draft a wide receiver, and that's how you move forward. But that's all I'm really going to talk about with this. That's just, I can't, I can't. I can't. I heard a national Fox Sports radio host talking about uh, this is a, an indictment on Sean Payton, and it clearly shows that he's nothing without Drew Brees. And it's like, dude, they were 7-1 and one without Brees the last two years. Shut up. Like, y- y- you clearly don't know. what you're, you're looking at it from, not even from 30,000 feet. You're looking at it from the moon. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. How many teams in the NFL could lose their starting quarterback their starting running back both tackles two more offensive linemen and their best wide receiver and continue to put up points and yards. How many teams could do that? Uh, zero. So shut up. Sorry. I'm being a little harsh this morning, but come on, shut up. Uh, let's see. Corey, that accent. What in the world is Brian Kelly thinking? 100% Michael Scott energy. I imagine if he wins some games, nobody will care, but still, and that's the thing. If he wins games, nobody will care, but, You're a $100 million football coach. Have some respect for yourself, man. You're not from the South. You're from Massachusetts, and you spent the last 12 years in Indiana. You don't have to talk about your family. No, they don't care. They didn't care when Nick Saban was there. So just talk like yourself. You don't have to pander to these people because it's not going to help you at all. Ed Orgeron is the most Louisiana guy on earth. He didn't win enough football games, so they canned him. You don't have to pander. You just have to win. That's all they care about. Talk like yourself. You don't have to pander. Just go win football games, and that's all that matters. That's all they'll care about. I'm going to try to play this for you. Let me see if I I have since figured this out. If you've been living under a rock and you've not seen the uh, Brian Kelly talking at lsu's basketball game last night with a southern accent so bad that you would think he's on house of cards let me uh let me see if i actually have figured this out so you guys got to tell me if you can hear this you gotta tell me if you can hear this okay so here i'm playing it right now can you hear this
1: thank you thank you well this is a great way to get started and i haven't even watched. i hope so
0: i don't see any uh Audio on my board.
1: It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family. You can hear it. Great. Okay. We are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana, but more importantly, to be with you great fans and to be part of what is going to be an incredible ride here at Louisiana State University.
0: All right, I'm going to start it over, because you got to hear the word family. Thank I think I'm talking over family.
1: Thank you. Well, this is a great way to get started, and I haven't even won all my games yet. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great
0: <laughs> I'm here with my family. Come on Brian, come on, man! That's not how you talk. Nobody thinks it's how you talk. And I saw somebody uh, superimpose him talking to his former team like two days ago, where he uses the word "family" and then put it right in front of that right there. I mean, that—that's Michael Scott. If you guys, if you haven't seen The Office, you're not going to get the reference. But I know most of you have. Uh, that's Michael Scott in the murder mystery episode. There's been a murder in Savannah. (laughs) Oh, man. That's how the the director of House of Cards thought Southern people talked like. That's Kevin Spacey, who I know is a piece of you-know-what now. Um, I guess always was, but now we know that he was. But that's how Kevin Spacey sounded in House of Cards. Like, I'm from South Carolina, right? Nobody talked like Kevin Spacey talked in House of Cards. Nobody in that state talks like that. Not a single person speaks like Kevin Spacey did in that show. Brian Kelly was talking like he thinks Southern people sound like. He's like Foghorn Leghorn, man. I do declare I'm the next head football coach at LSU, Louisiana. I I mean, come on, man. Oh, my gosh wow i've seen people that do media down there defending it today i mean come on guys just just laugh i mean it's it come on Ah, me and my family down here in louisiana oh brian oh brian Memphis Rebel asking me if I want to talk about how Steve Robertson got mad for Lane Kiffin retweeting the news that one of MSU players hitting the portal. No, I tend to avoid the the kinds of people, and it's it's on both sides, uh, like you know Taylor Made in particular. Uh, I, I tend to not give that any any amount of energy. Uh, Because if that bothers you, then, you know, I'm dancing around it. That shouldn't bother you. And if it does, get over it. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I, I don't feel like even talking about it. But Lane Kiffin retweeting Aaron Boulay, if that bothers you, grow up. It's kind of funny. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he's interested in him. He should be. If he's not, he he should be. All right, just the stuff that angers people around here. I mean, does that does that really bother you? It's a retweet. It's funny. If Mike Leach retweeted Momo Sonogo in the transfer portal, I would laugh because it's it's funny. It's funny to me. It's innocent. It's Twitter. Just goodness gracious. The stuff that bothers people anymore. That's a societal problem. The things that bother us. Uh, like it, like a retweet. Come on. The guy that, who played the movie Stillwater did it right. He actually went to that area to learn how they generally talk and act and play that role perfectly. Yeah. That's, I mean, you have to immerse yourself in the culture for a while before you get it. You know, uh, 48 hours isn't enough time to start talking like that. I mean, I don't really have an accent, I don't think. I can sometimes, I suppose. But, uh, I mean, you can live in places your entire life and still not adapt the accent. I mean, I've lived in, in the South my entire life. Uh, my family moved to Charlotte, North Carolina when I was in kindergarten. And I did all of my grade school in upstate South Carolina. And I've lived in Mississippi for 11 years. You can live in places and, and not have accents, I guess. But anyway, Paul says, "Hey, Porky, I'm traveling back to the Delta from South Carolina. Listening in, awesome man. Glad to see you. Hope you uh, had a good time in in my home state. I will be there after Christmas. I'm going to spend the entire week in the Upstate after Christmas. I'll still be doing this uh, because there will be bowl games going on and stuff like that. I'll still be doing this. I just won't be on the radio show that week. I'll uh, I'll be." I'll be there. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, the the, the retweeting Aaron Brulee that that's funny. That's People take stuff like that way too seriously. Just like the uh the the photoshopping thing that that teams do to you know kind of poke fun at their opponent going into games. Teams do it every week. And then when it comes to rivalry game and team pokes fun at their rival on the little pregame graphic thing, everybody gets all butt hurt. And it just, the things that bother us anymore. I wish my life were so good that I didn't get bothered by what a football coach retweets. I've got more important things to worry about. But anyway. Watchability rankings. So you've got conference championship games this weekend, and they are uh, really compelling for a couple of reasons. But most importantly, college football playoff rankings. You've got four games this weekend that have a direct impact on the college football playoff rankings, but in terms of watchability, here is where I fall. The games that I care about the most and I'm going to watch the most. First, obviously the SEC championship. One, because it's number one versus number three. Could the SEC get two spots in? Everybody's counting out Alabama. I understand why. I really, truly understand why. Georgia has looked like the best team in America since week one. Their defense is for real. They've got NFL players all over the field. Alabama is not in their best form. They should have lost to Auburn. Arkansas played them close. This isn't your usual Nick Saban, Alabama team. They are, in fact, human as it turns out, and not football playing robots. So yes, I understand why most people think that it's going to be a blowout, and Georgia's going to win this game comfortably, and and all that. I still believe that counting out a Nick Saban coached Alabama team is a really stupid thing to do. Are they going to win? I don't think so. Am I picking Georgia to cover? Yeah, actually, I I am. Spoiler alert, I think Georgia's going to cover the six and a half, but Uh, For me to to sit here and tell you that Georgia's just going to blow Alabama out and Alabama cannot play close in this, I I don't buy I can't. I can't bring myself to doubt Nick Saban. I can't do it. I mean, they've been an underdog once since like 2009 and they won the game. They have losses since then, but this is rare territory for Alabama for good reason. And when they're in this situation – since Nick Saban has taken over, they've been underdogs what in six games and have won five of them? The, to doubt this collection of talent, to doubt this coach, yes, I know that their offensive line, but they haven't blocked particularly well. But to doubt this collection of talent and these wide receivers in this coach, I think is a stupid thing to do. This is by far both each other's biggest test. So why on earth Would I doubt Nick Saban? I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend the day on the radio talking about how Alabama's going to get blown out because I don't buy it. It's a great question on the part of Georgia's offense. What's the best defense they've played? Was it Arkansas? Maybe Kentucky? Uh, Clemson is the best defense they've played this year, and they scored three points offensively. It's a very long time ago. A lot of things have changed since then. But yeah, I mean, Clemson was the best defense that Georgia has seen this year. And Clemson largely shut them down. Not largely, they did. They completely shut them down. After that, I mean, Arkansas, Kentucky, I guess. Uh, their most difficult game, I think, would have been at Tennessee. But Georgia hasn't been tested the way Alabama's been tested. I'm just saying, counting out Nick Saban, a, a lot of people are doing that. I think it's a goofy thing to do. But, yes, that is by far the game that I'm most intrigued in this week, and that's my watchability ranking number one is the SEC championship for Saban versus Kirby, for that collection of talent versus that collection of talent, and, of course, number one versus number three. Number two to me is the Big 12 championship game. I think that game, especially where it is, your appetizer to the SEC championship is in a great spot in a great spot. Uh and it should be the most possibly the most entertaining game of the weekend. Oklahoma State already beat Baylor earlier this year. That should be a lot of fun. And Oklahoma State, I I think Oklahoma State's in win and they're in. I think. I think if Oklahoma State wins this game they're in the playoffs. So you've got that, you've got playoff implications and it should be a really entertaining football game. Should be a fun like Oklahoma State's defense is elite. So maybe not the most points scored you're going to see on the day. Playoff implications, so make the stakes really high. These teams have played each other before. They're really close to each other in terms of, like, ability to win this game. I think it's an evenly matched game. Should be a hell of an environment, too, Uh, there in Arlington. Like, Pac Stadium, big stakes, entertaining teams. That's my watchability number two. Number three doesn't have any playoff implications whatsoever. It's the ACC championship game. Pittsburgh and Wake Forest mostly because of quarterback play. Great football games are great, I think, because of great quarterback play, first and foremost. And you've got that with Hartman and Pickett. Pickett's going to be a first-round pick, possibly, in the NFL draft. So there's no stakes on this game other than just winning the ACC. But I am more interested in this game than I am the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the AAC. I think this can be a lot of fun because you've got high-level quarterback play in this game. Should be a lot of points. A lot of points scored in this game with two really, really, really good quarterbacks. Uh, By the way, my pick in the Big 12 game, you heard me earlier pick uh, Georgia over Alabama. I think they're going to cover that six and a half. I do think Oklahoma State is going to win and cover the five and a half as well over Baylor. Should be a fun game. I think they're going to win it and cover. I like Wake Forest. Plus the three, they're an underdog. I like Wake Forest plus the three against Pittsburgh and Charlotte. So there's your first underdog of the day. So SEC, I'm taking Georgia, Big 12, Oklahoma State to cover. I'm taking the points with Wake Forest. My number four watchability game is the Pac-12 championship. Again, no stakes on this one either. And that's tonight, by the way. That's tonight right here. Uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, so I think 6 o'clock our time? I think, right? No, no, that's 7 o'clock our time. So you get to have dinner, put the kids to bed, watch an entertaining football game. Oregon got smoked by Utah in Salt Lake a few weeks ago. I don't think it's going to go down like this this time. I really like the over in this game, 57 and a half. And I think Oregon is going to cover and win. Wrong team favored, so two underdogs for me here. Uh, So I like Oregon plus the three and the over in this game, although we're going to see... Uh, how distracted Mario Cristobal will possibly be. Next on the washability rankings, I have the AAC championship. Uh, I expect some scoring in this one, but the stakes. Is Cincinnati going to be a playoff team? Can they win this game? This will be a win-in-their-in scenario, possibly, as well for Cincinnati. I think Oklahoma State could, could jump them, but if Cincinnati goes 13-0, with wins over ranked Houston and on the road at Notre Dame. After last year, they went undefeated, and their one loss in two years would be two points to Georgia in the bowl game, leaving Cincinnati out. Probably going to be something that does not happen, depending on what else happens around them. So I'm interested. Should be a fun, entertaining, lot of points scored type of game. Plus, you've got playoff stakes. And the last one for me of the major conference championships is the Big Ten Championship. I said on the radio yesterday, and and it bears repeating here in case you guys didn't listen to that, that watching Iowa try to conduct offense is like watching one of those – like when you get a a really talented video editor that digitizes football highlights from the 1930s where they have these black and white highlights that they they will record – and then add color to them. It's really cool footage, right? I love when people do that, when they digitize and color up old football highlights. That's like watching the 2021 version of Iowa football. Iowa football this year, in the year 2021, looks like a digitized, colored-up version of some 1938 NFL game. That's what Iowa looks like to me. Watching them conduct offense is brutal. I expect this to be a boring game, a low-scoring game, and Michigan I think will cover that 11-and-a-half. I think they will uh, cover that 11-and-a-half in uh, a game that I'm only going to watch because it's on and not because I, I'm i interested whatsoever. This should be the worst game of the weekend. So there you go. There are your picks. Georgia winning the SEC and covering Oklahoma State winning the Big 12 and covering uh, Wake Forest. Wrong team favored. Yes, I like them in the money line as well. Uh, Pac-12, I think Oregon's going to get redemption. AAC, I do think Cincinnati's going to end up beating Houston. Uh, I do like them in this game. Ten and a half, though, I don't like that number. Uh, So I think Houston will cover, Cincinnati will win, and Michigan will win the Big 10 and cover. And the playoff, by the way, that, that will make the playoff, I think it's really simple. Chaos could happen. We talked about it earlier this week. We could get chaos if Alabama wins. or Well, it's more chaotic if Georgia wins and Iowa wins and Houston wins and Baylor wins. Then just the whole thing, the whole system will get blown up at that point. It will be just an, a complete and total disaster. A complete disaster if, uh, if that goes down like that, Uh, but I think it's going to kind of go to chalk. So if my predictions hold true, it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma state, Cincinnati in, uh, in the college football playoff, those four teams will be in the college football playoff in my opinion. And that's okay. You know, I I think Georgia will win that playoff rather easily to tell you the truth. Uh, Especially if they're matched up with like Oklahoma State in the first round, and I don't think it matters who wins Michigan Cincinnati. So there you go. If everything goes to chalk the way I think, that's going to be your playoff, and it's going to be pretty boring. After a hell of a year, that's going to be a pretty boring playoff. A few more uh, texts, and then we'll uh, we'll get going here on this Friday. I won't get to watch much of them, you say, but the two I'll keep up with are the Big Ten and the SEC championships. I'm going to try to watch all day. I'm taking my son to a Christmas parade tomorrow, though. We'll see how that goes. I don't know how interested he's actually going to be in it, but we're going to try it uh, tomorrow morning. And then we'll get back just in time for nap time and football time. And boom, off and running. It is a great question on part of Georgia's offense. Oh, I already got to that. Sorry. Uh 14 to 6 type of win for Georgia. I could actually see it going down like that as well. What's the over under in that game? 49 and a half? I could see that going under. I mean, you uh, are is anybody trying to convince me that Alabama's defense can't stop Stetson Bennett? You think not you uh, who who made the comment, but you think that Georgia's going to score a bunch of points on that Alabama defense. I don't think so. Yeah, 14-6, to 14-9, something like that wouldn't surprise me at uh, at all. Brett says, hear me out. Michigan, Alabama, and Oklahoma State all lose this weekend. Ole Miss, Baylor, and Ohio State all may make the playoff. Notre Dame has skipped over because they don't have a coach. Well, they do now, and I do think that helps them a little bit. Marcus Freeman was officially announced as their coach today. I do not believe that Ole Miss would pass Ohio State. Even if you think they're better, Uh, I I don't think that would happen. And and I do not believe that uh, Ole Miss would pass Alabama or Notre Dame. I, I think Ole Miss is out. I don't think there's anything that can happen that would have Ole Miss make it, to tell you the truth because they do have a head-to-head with Alabama and they' they will have the same number of losses in Alabama when they played beat them pretty soundly and I, I mean Brett I, I know we don't want it to be this way but they would rather have Alabama play in the playoff than' Ole miss that's how it works they don't want for they don't want Cincinnati to make it they don't they'll tell you that oh that that's never a consideration and we only care about the team no they don't these executives, ESPN and the people involved, they don't want Cincinnati. Nope. They don't want Cincinnati. They want Cincinnati to lose this weekend. They absolutely do. So they can put four power five teams in. They want to find a way to keep Alabama in the playoff. I promise. Uh, they have to pick teams. I mean, they do their jobs with some form of integrity. I uh, Sort of. Because the rationale they've used this season Is so inconsistent, wildly inconsistent, that it stands to reason there may be some agendas here. But if Cincinnati wins and Alabama loses and Alabama gets in over Cincinnati, it's clear that it's outside factors besides just football reasons and merit-based reasons. But you know that's how it is. They're not putting Ole Miss ahead of Alabama. They're not putting Ole Miss ahead of Ohio State, and they're not putting Ole Miss ahead of Notre Dame. Because Alabama, Ohio State, Notre Dame have bigger names than that of Ole Miss, regardless of merit. That's just how this works. It's unfortunate, but that's how it works. It has to be fixed if they find a way to put Alabama in. Well, but hear me out. Let's pretend for a second that Alabama loses on a last-second field goal to Georgia. And Michigan loses to Iowa. And Cincinnati loses to Houston. I think you put Alabama there. I think so. Historically, the committee has not punished teams for losing conference championship games either. They don't fall when they lose conference championship games much. Very little. So if Georgia beats Alabama by three points and it's a last-second field goal or whatever, and you've got Oklahoma State losing and Cincinnati losing and or or Michigan losing, Alabama will get in. They will. They'll get in over Notre Dame. That's kind of how this will shake out. Tank time, Colby says, talking about the Saints. There's some good wide receivers in this draft as well. But the thing is, considering their injury situation, they're not going to have to try to tank. They're just going to tank. Just kind of, (laughs) you know what I mean? They're going to keep trying to, they were trying to win last night. They're not going to have to try to tank. They're just going to. Brett says, it's all good. Give me Ole Miss, Notre Dame, and the Sugar or Fiesta. If you want the Sugar Bowl, then root your tail off for Alabama to win this weekend. You want Alabama to win tomorrow if you want to play in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, If not, I think it's pretty pretty obvious at this point that the Peach is not going to pass on Ole Miss. I think that's pretty clear. Um, They're not going to. So Ole Miss will play the winner of Pittsburgh and Wake Forest most likely. It's what it feels like. And don't get me wrong, those aren't as sexy as Notre Dame or Ohio State. You would rather play Notre Dame or Ohio State. You would. But beating the ACC champion in the Peach Bowl to win 11 games for the first time in your program's history, that's pretty pretty awesome. And Atlanta, I, so I'm going to say this about State's Bowl game as well. Although it's a day trip for most people here. A lot of people around here, I've noticed, like to rag on New Orleans. They do it to the city of Houston. They do it to Atlanta. They do it to Memphis. If you think that spending a weekend or, in in these cases, a couple of days in the middle of the week where everybody has off in Atlanta would not be a good time, that's a you problem. If you can't spend a day and a half in Memphis and have a good time, that's a you problem. That's not a that's not an Atlanta problem. It's not a Memphis problem even. I know Memphis has its troubles. You can have a great time in Memphis and then go to a football game. Absolutely you can. You can in Houston, you can in especially New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans, I, I I think I've actually ranted about this before on here, so forgive me for being repetitive, but I've seen that from especially Ole Miss fans lately. Oh, you don't want to go to Atlanta. Atlanta sucks. No, it doesn't. You can have a blast in Atlanta for a couple of days, and if you can't, that is a you problem. It's not an Atlanta problem. Trust me. And if you you think that you can't have fun and you need Rex, I'll help you out. I can tell you how to go have a good time in Atlanta. If you and some friends want to go to the Peach Bowl – and you've never been to Atlanta, don't listen to the people talking about how terrible it is and you don't want to go there and, oh, you better be careful because you're going to get stabbed. That's not true. I've been to Atlanta dozens of times in my life, stayed the night in Atlanta dozens of times in my life and had a great time. There's great breweries. There's great bars. There's stuff to do for the kids if you're bringing kids with you. There's nice places to eat. Yes, Atlanta has rough patches and political leadership is probably something that most of you will strongly disagree with. But two days in that town is a lot of fun if you know where to go. And if you don't know where to go, I'll help you, and other people will as well. And if you can't have a good time in New Orleans, again, you problem. That's not a New Orleans problem. Even now, after the hurricane and during COVID restrictions, I was there in April. It was pre-hurricane, but I was there in April, and it's as fun as it's always been. It's a great time if you know where you're going. And if you don't know where you're going, I'm free to help you. State fans that are wondering about Memphis and spending your a couple of days in Memphis for the Liberty Bowl, I'll help you out. If you need help to go have a good time, I'll give you some recommendations because you can go to Memphis and have a blast and go to a football game. I'll help you. Don't listen to people that are talking negatively about Memphis or Houston or New Orleans or Atlanta. I promise you, it's not what those people are saying. I promise. So don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. People make a big deal. Memphis Rebel says about Kiffin out watching his recruits' games. It's it's like that's not normal. A <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, the, the people sharing the pictures of Kiffin at Quinshawn Junkins state championship game. Uh that that's what coaches do. That is what they do. That's what they're supposed to do. I would be more concerned if if Lane Kippen was not out watching his really, really, really good running back commitment state championship game. That would concern me more if he was there. But you know, people like seeing their coaches on the road recruiting, I guess. I mean, it's it's you'd rather see them out than not, I suppose. But yes, that is that is what coaches are supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be on the road recruiting, they're supposed to be checking out their elite running back state championship game in Birmingham, you know, just one state over. He should have been there. It was good that he was, but he should have been there for sure. He should have been there. Uh, so anyway, anyway. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be watching the games this weekend. I'm going to be live with you guys tomorrow night. I'm going to be live with you guys tomorrow night. Uh, because why not, right? Recapping the games, we'll have a clear picture of the college football playoff or maybe the cloudiest picture of the college football playoff. And so we'll recap the final weekend, final scheduled weekend of the college football season with you uh, tomorrow night. So subscribe if you haven't already and, uh, and join me then. And again, if you're a state fan that is hearing from other state fans about how Memphis is a shithole or whatever, don't listen to those people. You can have a great time. Go to the game. You can have fun in Memphis. There's great places to eat. There's great barbecue. If you have kids, their zoo is incredible. It's incredible. Uh, So have fun. There's great places to drink. There's great places to eat. Have fun. Atlanta, same thing. Don't listen to people. Oh, well, there's just... No, Atlanta's a great time. And if you haven't been, I got Rex for you. And you'll have a great time. Don't listen to those people. Go to your bowl games. Bowl games are fun. These cities are fun. Go. Don't listen to people. I'm sick of hearing about it. We got a couple texts on the radio show yesterday. I don't want to go to Atlanta. Atlanta sucks. And the mayor, Keisha Lance. But Forget the politics of the mayor. Go and have fun. It's an easy drive. You people are nuts. Anyway, have a great uh, have a great weekend, guys. I'll see you tomorrow night. Because why not? I'll see you tomorrow night. And uh, we'll recap the games together and uh, have a clear picture of the playoff and very likely a clear picture of the bowl games that Ole Miss and State will be going to. Uh, I think we've already got a pretty clear one. I think you can start booking your rooms in Memphis if you're a State fan still listening. I think you can go ahead and start preparing to go to that game. That's what it feels like. And uh, I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, if you can get a refundable, a fully – free cancellation hotel room, I will go ahead and start booking them in. That's what, that's what, what it feels like. you hey. will be good. I'll see you tomorrow night.